0: G'day guys and welcome to the Coach Mark Carroll podcast once again. Today's episode is going to be on dieting adherence. Okay, so doesn't sound all that sexy, dieting adherence, but it's probably going to be the integral factor to everybody losing body fat su- successfully when they are dieting. Now, I cover a lot of things on fat loss, always, you know, the basics, calories, macros, and all these things are obviously essential. Well, somewhat essential, but the most essential part to to it, you know, we always talk about calorie deficit. Calorie deficit is the king. We know being in a calorie deficit will lead to fat loss. I'm sure you all know this by now, but it really doesn't matter. If you're not actually in a calorie deficit, it really doesn't matter if you don't consistently adhere to a calorie deficit. So a lot of things in life we know we should do and we also know how to do, but it's a whole different story whether or not we actually do it and do it consistently. So adherence is actually the absolute key on an order of importance for weight loss, or basically any goal in life. You know, you want to go to the gym, lose um, build muscle, get stronger, you know, you can have the fanciest program, but unless you actually do it, then good luck getting amazing results. So before we get into this episode, guys, as always, please if you haven't yet, make sure you leave a five-star rating on Coach Mark Carroll Podcast. And if you can leave a little review, just a sentence or two if you enjoy it and what you enjoy about the podcast, it would mean a lot. And as always, Last week, I saw so many shares of my podcast. So when you're walking or driving and listening to the podcast, obviously, when you stop driving, make sure you know you tell your audience about the Coach Mark Carroll podcast if you find it valuable. Only, please only share, obviously, if you actually do like the podcast. Don't just give me a sympathy five-star rating. Please only rate it well if you actually enjoy it. So that way, I know I actually bring value. All right, guys. So... Let's get to it. Now, dieting adherence. What do I mean by this? Pretty simple. If we create a calorie deficit or even a calorie surplus in a build, are we sticking to it? Are we adhering to the plan? This is everything. But what are factors that can help, can, well, can really, really help your ability to adhere to a calorie deficit? or calorie surplus and what are some things that can often trigger you to have struggles adhering to it um often use my my story um I hate talking about myself a lot with kind of the things I do but it's always an easy easy talking point because I suck so much at so many things right now with with um kind of my body injuries and sickness and whatever um but for me You know, I, as I've spoken about many times, you know, I can be in a calorie deficit all day. Well, aim to be in a calorie deficit all day, but then I make bad decisions late at night when I'm tired. And even though I adhered to my plan the entire day, just 20, oh, actually two minutes late at night can often totally unwind my whole diet dieting adherence for the day. So that two minutes of damage of just being in that fuck it mode or, eating with my eyes closed can actually cost you that daily win. And that's the, that's a thing with nutrition. You know, we've got a calorie budget. If we blow that budget and excessively blow that budget, obviously it's not going to allow us to progress. And this is the thing, you know, in life you often hear about people being like, Oh, you know, you've got, you know, X minutes in the day. And if you have bad 10 minutes, don't let it ruin the rest of your day and stuff like that. And that's hundred percent true. But unfortunately with dieting. It's one of those things within that 24 hours, just that one kind of slip up where you make bad decisions in two minutes can often undo, you know, a whole day's work of adhering to your deficit. All right. So I want to go over a few different factors that will help people adhere to the calorie surplus or calorie deficit. But obviously um, I'm going to talk in a kind of a calorie deficit way because I think it's easier to go then go back and forth but I think it will work for both so if you're in a build in a surplus then same principles work as well All right, so obviously number one the amount of calories you're having so I want to tell you something right and I want everyone to listen up to this and I think I spoke about this with um Lane when Lane Orton was on the podcast um the other week and it's that An aggressive calorie deficit always sounds really sexy. Like if I said you could lose six kilos in six weeks or six kilos in twelve weeks, and that's all I said, what would make most people want to lose that, you know, six kilos? They'd rather do it in six weeks, right? We all want something sooner than later. And so often when we talk about aggressive deficits, they sound sexy. They say, "Cool, well, I'll get faster results if I do aggressive deficit." But people forget. What's happening when you do an aggressive deficit, you're giving your body less calories, so less energy, more chances to slip up and blow out your um, large calorie deficit. So calories are something that can really impact people's adherence. So often when I've found even myself, when I used to diet, so when I was in really, really good shape, I remember I'd kind of get down to about 22, 2300 calories, um, and be lean but when I needed to really push to go that next level lean I had to get around that 2000 mark and even sometimes when I was doing a photo shoot 1800 calories because you know I didn't weigh a lot I wasn't I'm not a big dude and once I got down to the 1800 to 2000 it just got so hard to adhere to so even though I got leaner I was probably really doing 2200 as an average and so I never got as lean as I should or could have because once I really, really tried to push that next level of calories, I just wasn't disciplined enough. And, you know, I wasn't trying to compete and didn't have that fear of something of, I'm oh going to have to look amazing on stage. So it wasn't such a strong goal that forced me to stick to 1800 calories for that one or two weeks before like a photo shoot. So point is, is that sometimes we get to a point where. For a lot of us, if we're just trying to lose weight to feel a bit better, have a bit more confidence and go to the beach and look a little bit healthier, sometimes just going a more moderate calorie deficit can be much easier to adhere to, obviously. So more calories. Now, if you have a great ability to stick to low calories and push through hunger, full power to you. But sometimes a lot of people keep trying to do really aggressive calorie calorie deficits and they fail and they put weight back on and they go back to the extreme approach. Sometimes if you just go, you know what? I've tried a 40, 50% calorie deficit on, you know, Weight Watchers and all that stuff and it hasn't worked. Maybe let's just try a 20% calorie deficit. Let's try 25%. All of a sudden I'm eating 200, 300, 400 more calories. And you know what? I'm losing more weight than before because now I am actually sticking to a calorie deficit. It might be a more mild calorie deficit, but adhering to a small calorie deficit is a lot better than not sticking to a calorie deficit at all and setting really aggressive calories, okay? So calorie amount, find something that's specific to you. So aggressive deficits I quite like, but for short periods of time or with people who have a really good ability to, you know, they have a good dieting history. So if you're struggling with a calorie deficit, think, can I maybe potentially increase my calories a little bit um, in my day and which will, will help potentially with adherence, Yes, I might not lose just as quick, but it might mean the difference in six to 10 weeks being where I actually want to be. It might take a couple of weeks longer um, than originally planned, but it may actually mean I actually get there. Okay, so that is number one, calorie amount. Number two, the macro breakdown. So I remember, I remember hearing this term from one of my mentors um, Back in the day, um, Stefan Ironhev, so Stefan Ironhev was a fantastic coach, or is a fantastic coach, um, back in my clean health days, seven, eight years ago, geez, longer, seven years ago. And I liked how Stefan used to put it. And he said, macros don't determine rate of fat loss. Okay, so macros don't determine how fast you lose body fat. That's your calories. But macros can often determine how you feel when you're on a calorie deficit. Okay, so again, calories will determine how fast you lose weight, but macros will determine how you feel and how you feel can help with adherence massively. So for example, let's say if a 30% deficit was um, 1,800 calories for you and I put all of you on keto or I put you on 190 grams of carbs or 200 grams of carbs, both 1800 calories. What would you feel better on? Well, it will depend. Some people love keto and they feel good. Why do they feel good? Because again, that's probably their physiology, or also I think mentally their placebo is just being drilled in. Certain people that I have to cut carbs, so placebo wise, they feel like they're doing something better. But for the majority of us, and hopefully majority of you who've been educated by me over the years. We'll know that you can lose weight very successfully on carbs and carbs are a real driver of performance with resistance training. So why does this matter? Because if I put all you on keto and you absolutely hate keto, is it going to be easy to stick to? No. So what happens? You don't adhere to it. Likewise, if I put someone who loves keto on a really high carb diet and they absolutely hate it and they prefer protein fats, then again, adherence is not going to be as great. So when it comes to macro breakdown, we know we need obviously higher protein around that 1.6 to 2.5 grams per kilogram um, is a nice amount. Fats, we normally want to go around that kind of 0.8 grams per kilogram is the kind of the level. Um, I see great smart guys like Alan Aragon. Again, these are not my numbers, guys. These are just numbers I use from much smarter people than me on nutrition. Um, And then carbs are primarily what's remaining. But that doesn't mean you can't have different levels. So, for example, um, with my app, my Coach Mark Carroll app, um, whenever anyone does a challenge or a program of mine, they choose their calories and they choose their macro breakdown off their personal preferences. So what I mean by this is that they don't – not everyone, when they do my programs, has to have their set um, macros. There's things I prefer, but some – People can choose high-carb, low-fat, or low-fat, high-carb, or lower-protein, high-protein. There's ranges. And this is why do I do this? Because the goal is to have something that will help people adhere to it. Once I get their calories right on my programs and app, then macro breakdown, I want them to choose off their personal preferences. I always give advice, say, for example, you know, if you're really lean, I recommend you have more protein to help um, protect muscle um, loss. Uh, protect against muscle loss and a calorie deficit. And this is the, you know, the benefit of my programs, my app and all that stuff is that it gives you people the options and I'm not trying to kind of talk it up, but I am trying to talk it up same time. But this is, again, this is, you know, the power of trying to personalize things as much as possible. And with nutrition, you can really do that. And just small tweaks can make a big difference. So often with my clients, a client might be at say 0. 0.8 grams per kilo for fat let's say the client's 100 kilograms, so 0.8 would be 80 grams of fat they would have. I put them there and they say, Mark, you know what? I actually really like fats. Can I go a little bit higher? So I might put their fats up to say one gram per kilo. And so it goes up 20 grams. Just that 20 grams of a difference and therefore lowering carbs a touch can make them feel so much better and find it easier to adhere to um, their calorie deficit. So point is macros will... Not dictate rate of fat loss. That's your calorie amount, right? But macros will help how you feel when you're on a calorie deficit. Sorry, I'm just coughing. I still got my cough, which just doesn't seem to go away. At night, at the moment, um, when I go to bed, Lauren keeps kicking me out of bed and making me sleep in another room because I can't stop coughing at night when I lie down. So I apologize. Now, thirdly, what else helps with dieting adherence? This is meal timing. Again, yeah, no, I repeat, meal timing. So, the thing with meal timing. <laughs> sorry, I apologize. Um, the thing with meal timing is, guys, is that on the like the hierarchy of order of importance, would have diet dieting adherence number one, then it would have calories, then it would have macros, and then you'd kind of probably look at micronutrients and then something like meal timing. So meal timing matters a lot, but it also doesn't matter a lot. So what I mean by that is we know total calories will determine rate of fat fat loss, right? We know macro breakdown will determine how you feel. So those um, are the real key drivers, right? But when it comes to meal timing, Meal timing can help you obviously perform better in your workouts. Meal timing can help you place your food in your day when you know you're often really, really hungry. Meal timing can help you um, be able to obviously adhere to your um, calorie deficit if you're placing the food in the day where you can optimize using it. So what I mean by this is I remember years ago, when I actually, uh, I was starting when I trained with Stefan, actually, um, about seven, eight years ago, cause you know, I'm a coach and I trained with another coach. And that's why I recommend all the personal trainers out there at some stage, hire another coach, a great coach and have them coach you. Cause you learn a lot about their methods and yourself. And with Stefan, he had, a <laughs> his meals, he kind of set out to me was, was a lot earlier in the day than I used to do. And I, now the one thing i changed and I didn't quite follow at all um was the meal timing. So the way um Stefan had it for me was, you know, a really big meal early. But because I trained, worked so early, that meal I would have had to have eaten like five, four, five hundred calories about 5 a.m. And I wasn't super hungry then before um training people in the gym. And then the final meal was kind of finishing about seven o'clock at night and having a big window after bed to not eat. And for me, I was absolutely force-feeding myself at 5 a.m. to eat, like, steak and nuts. And then late at night, I didn't have any calories to play with, but that's when I was always ravenous at night because I'd work all afternoon and I'd come home and I'd be starving. So what I just did was I just slid everything back a couple of hours. I didn't change the macros. I didn't change the food. I didn't change... Um, the calories, all I did was slide the meals back. So instead of having that first meal at 5 a.m., I had it at 7 a.m. Instead of having the final meal at 7 p.m., I had it at 9 p.m. And just by changing the hours around a touch, it made dieting so much easier because I was able to feel better. I was able to push calories when I was hungry. I was able to regress calories in the day when I wasn't hungry. And just by tweaking the meal timing, it worked a lot better for me and what my schedule was. And that's why often I don't love setting meal timing for people um, outside of doing things, something like a peak week for a client when they're in contest prep or on photo shoot day or something like that. But with meal timing, you can make small tweaks to try and help people optimize when they actually feel like having calories. Now, obviously I'm not telling people to go hey go do intermittent fasting or time restrictive feeding where you have this massive window of no eating. What I'm just saying is we we still obviously want protein divided in kind of four to five servings throughout the day, but you don't have to always place your food from a calorie standpoint in an even amount. Say you're having 1800 calories a day, you don't and you want six meals, it doesn't always have to be 300 times 6, it could be 200 200 400 200 400 and so you can kind of base things around as well the volume of food as well so often i say to people have a little bit of a smaller meal or something before you train a lot of the people who are early risers and they train early morning i tell them to have something they then think oh i have to have a massive meal no just have some protein have a shake have something some yogurt something can go a long way and then you can save calories for another part in the day Now, we've covered calories, the calorie amount. We've covered macro breakdown. Um, we've covered meal timing. Then another one. Sorry, I'm just trying to have a drink so I don't cough. This one is something, again, which is really personal, personalized, I guess, to everybody, and this is flexible, flexible dieting versus rigid dieting. Now, I'm a huge fan of flexible dieting, but some people prefer much more rigid structure. They prefer meal plans. They prefer really strict, this is my meals every single day. I like my routine. Other people love every day kind of being a surprise. And what is better? Well, it's going to really come down to the individual. What works best for you? If you're you're someone who hates change, then having that structure of a meal plan, not even a meal plan, like obviously you not following a plan, you create your own kind of structure and sticking to it six, seven days a week can be a fantastic option. While other people having a really, really structured day, everything planned out would make them go insane and really bored and want to deviate, but deviate in a really, really not ideal way where they just eat anything and everything. So, From a standpoint of like when I work with my clients, I don't tell them what foods to have. I tell them the calories, I tell their macro breakdown, and at times I tell them their meal timing for specific things. But I don't go, hey, you have to flexible diet and change up your meals every single day. I also don't say you have to have a rigid meal plan. I leave it to the individual. Like I'm not training beginners. I'm training personal trainers. I'm training pro competitors. I'm training, you know, women and men who are more advanced general population who trained for years and tracked. So I give them the freedom to choose that, but for yourself, try and find what works for you just because, just because, you know, you often get told one way or the other. Nutrition really comes down to a lot of it, as I said, to adherence. So do you do better with really structuring, knowing exactly what you're going to be having? It's Monday and you know what you're going to be having every single meal for the week and you plan ahead then do that. If you're a person who likes thinking on your feet, you like change, you don't like being held kind of into that structure, then do more flexible approach. Neither is definitely necessarily superior. The one that will be best is the one that you're going to stick to. Okay. Then two more guys. I'll try not to bore you too much. So two more and I'll keep this short. So number one, planning ahead. So Big part of dieting is is knowing, for example, like if you have an event on the weekend and that can help you plan accordingly. So for example, if you have a dinner on Saturday night and you want to have some drinks and you want to have a nice dinner with your friend or a date night or whatever it is, if you know ahead of schedule that that's going to happen, that can actually help you stick to your diet or adhere to your calorie budget. Because you might go, you know what? My deficit's 1,800 calories. Saturday, I want to have some fun and it's Tuesday. So I've got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday before Saturday. So I've got three days before my Saturday. And I want to have my calories up higher. I want to have 600 calories to play with. So what you do is you go, all right, I'm going to add 600 calories to Saturday. So I'm going to have 2,400 calories. But by planning ahead, you can still adhere to your calorie deficit for the week. So remember, a calorie deficit, we think want to think of as a weekly energy budget. And by knowing that you want to have 600 calories in advance, then on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, instead of um, having your, say, 1,800 calories, you can take 200 calories off both of those three days and have 1,600, 1,600, 1,600. Then on Saturday, you can have your 2,400 calories. And over those course of the four days, you've still had the same energy um, budget. You still had the same actual calorie deficit over that period of time. And that's the power of planning ahead. You don't go, oh shit, like I don't know what to do. I'm just going to go into fuck it mode and eat whatever and everything. By planning ahead, you can make smart decisions and strategize. So that is where really try to think, like if I want to have fun on the weekend, cool, go for it, live. But maybe you can maybe tweak things throughout the week to allow you to have more calories on the weekend or for that event and really enjoy it without it actually impacting the rest of your week's goals. And that's what's a really powerful thing with the whole flexible dieting structure and education around understanding calories and macros and weekly energy budget because it makes you be able to think on your feet or plan ahead and make changes, but still keep you tracking along um towards your goals now the final thing guys of dieting inheritance and this one is is one that i see i see people struggle with a lot and it's often when things get hard and this is not necessarily like a calorie macro kind of scientific thing it's more just basically the mental side of stuff all right and this is especially fat loss, or building in a surplus when it gets hard and you get uncomfortable. And this is a reminder of your goal. Why are you doing this? Why did you put yourself in this position? Because chances are no one's making you be in a calorie deficit, right? No one's making you go into a build. You're you're doing this for you. Well, I hope you guys are because you shouldn't listen to anyone else who tells you what you should do with your physique. It's your your body, your choice, and you you make the best decisions for yourself. But that's also really important to remember and powerful because when things get hard, you want to really try to remember why you're doing this and you also want to remember that you're in control. There's no worse feeling I find, well, there's probably worse feelings, but there's this feeling that really gets me down in life, like severely, is when you don't feel you're in control, when you feel powerless. And that's one of the reasons why social media just absolutely just destroys my life and my self-esteem is that the algorithm or whatever on social media, it's not, you're not in control of it. It's like you feel powerless, like you can do everything right and your post, which is better than someone else's, might get 100x less the reach and it's because of an algorithm. So it gives you that really powerless feeling. But, The thing that you are in total control of is, you know, you're choosing your goals. You're in control of your goal setting. If you want to lose 10 kilos, if you want to spend six months in a build because you know you need more muscle mass, it's important to understand that you're in control. You're choosing this and you're doing this for you. Okay. And why does this matter? Because often when you go back to your goal, like why are you doing this? It can help you. Remember, hey, I'm suffering at the moment, but I'm doing this because I have this big goal. I'm doing this because I want to improve. I want to find go to this place where I know, long term, I'm going to be so grateful to myself that I did this. And often, you know, I see this in challenges. People get really good momentum, and then they start to drop off, and they get a little bit frustrated, and they start to get a bit lazy with their tracking, and they're weighing of their foods, and things start to slow down, and then they feel a bit defeated. And they want to give up, but remember why you got started. If you got, you had a goal, a specific goal. Always try to go back to that. Write that goal down. And you know, one of the things I was actually doing last night. You know, I I was writing. I always like to write my goals down at the start of the year. You know, bit of a cliche. Um, start of the year goals and stuff like that. But it it is always interesting when you look back and see what works and mostly what didn't go to plan, which is a lot of a lot of things at the moment for myself. Um, but when you look back at the goal, it can often remind you how, how far you've, you've come, that you're doing better than you realize. And it can also, I guess, reinvigorate you to get through that tough patch because often those tough patches come hard and fast. They're hard, but they're quick. You can get over them if you can just manage yourself to get through them. Okay, so big part of adherence is when it gets hard, trying to stick at it and a big part of sticking at it is obviously the mental side of things why are you doing this keep going back and thinking what's the goal what's the specific goal am I working towards that am I doing better than I think how bad do I want this is it hard right now or am I doing it and or can I suffer right now a little bit but stick at it because I know it's doing something for my future self so There are just a few factors around dieting adherence. I could could honestly go on and on and on with this because it's quite a nuanced topic. There's complexity, complexity to many factors around dieting and why people do what they do. But these factors, I think, are just things you want to go over and understand when you're committing to trying to really change your body composition. If you're struggling with your calories, maybe make small tweaks. Macro breakdown, are you doing a macro breakdown that you feel best on? Meal timing, is it a meal structure that suits you or can you maybe place things an hour or two hours slightly different to all of a sudden help you perform better and manage your hunger? Flexible dieting versus rigid. Do you prefer change or do you hate change? Again, find whichever one suits your personality trait. Planning ahead. Do you have an event coming up? cool, strategize. When is it? What are you going to have? Um, then how many calories do you think you might want to have? Then how can we maybe make some changes midweek to allow you to go enjoy yourself and give you more calories to play with on that day? And then finally, reminding yourself of the goal. Why are you doing it? You know, something I think we all need to kind of do, especially when things get hard, is go back to why are we're doing it. You know, it's can often really just help you go, Oh, that's right. I'm doing this for me. And there's a reason. We often, when things are painful and we're struggling, we forget that. But remember, most of the time we're really doing it for ourselves. And if we can realize that and remind ourselves that it can help us get through it. And then finally, remember, calorie deficit is king, yes, for fat loss or a calorie surplus is king for gaining weight. But unless we're adhering to it, then our results will not be where we want them. So dieting adherence is everything. Find ways that you can to make the process more achievable to stick to. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the coach Mark Carroll podcast. Um, As always guys, make sure if you have never used any of my programs, go to coachmarkcarroll.com and go check them out and go invest in them. As always, we've had thousands and thousands of people. Again, Sign up to my programs this month, as always. And I'd love to have you on board at the moment. You know, we average, I think, each person's averaging about four to five training programs they invest with me at the moment over a course of a period, which is really, really massive. So once people start with one of my programs and my education, they realize why so many other people do it and they go stick at it and they get amazing results and they get better and better. So if you want to... Really take your training and knowledge to the next level. Make sure you go invest into a Coach Mark Carroll training program. And guys, as always, thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, again, please share and follow me as well on um, Apple, Spotify for the podcast so you get it sent out to you each time. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Bye.